0: is from Ruth chapter 4. It's the whole chapter and on my pew Bible it starts on page 278. So page 278, Ruth chapter 4. Meanwhile, Boaz went up to the town gate and sat there. When the kinsman redeemer he had mentioned came along, Boaz said, Come over here, my friend, and sit down. So he we went over and sat down. Boaz took ten of the elders of the town and said, sit here, and they did so. Then he said to the kinsman redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from Moab, is selling a piece of land that belonged to our brother Elimelech. I thought I should bring the matter to your attention and suggest that you buy it in the presence of these seated here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, do so but if you will not tell me so I will know for no one has a right to do it except you and I am next in line I'll redeem it he said <laughs> then Boaz said on the day you buy the land from Naomi and from Ruth the Moabiteess, you acquire the dead man's widow in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property at this the kinsman redeemer said then I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate you redeem it yourself I cannot do it Now in earlier times in Israel, for the redemption and transfer of property to become final, one party took off his sandal and gave it to the other. This was the method of legalising transactions in Israel. So the kinsman redeemer said to Boaz, Buy it yourself. And he removed his sandal. Then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, Today you are witnesses that I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion and Marlon. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabertess Marlon's widow as my wife in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property so that his name will not disappear from among his family or from the town records. Today you are witnesses. Then the elders and all those at the gate said, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah who together built up the house of Israel. May you have standing in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. Through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman, may your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. Then he went to her, and the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, "'Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a kinsman-redeemer. "'May he become famous throughout Israel.' He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child, laid him in a lap and cared for him. The women living there said, Naomi has a son, and they named him (coughs) Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. This, then, is the family line of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram... Ram the father of Minadab, Minadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, Boaz the father of Obed, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David. Friends, I'd love you just to say a
1: quick uh, hello to the people around about you, why don't you do that now, say hi, your name, their name, won't be much time for more than that. Go. I'll get your attention back again, and as we begin, it'd be good to welcome Asha to our congregation this evening for the first time. Yarn, fathered Asha, Asha. So we say special welcome to Yarn and Penny's Asha who joins us tonight. I'm going to say a prayer, and then let's um, read this part of God's word again together. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for the gift of life and for Asha joining us tonight. We thank you for that. Father, we thank you too uh, for your word to us. We pray, oh Heavenly Father, please would you have mercy on us this evening. Would you teach us from your word? Would you be at work inside of us by your Holy Spirit? Father, if there are those you hear who don't yet trust the Lord Jesus, we pray tonight would be a night you cause that to happen. For those of us who do, our Father, we pray we rejoice in your goodness to us in him and our redemption in him. We pray this for Jesus' sake. Amen. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Okay, uh, friends, I wonder... Uh, Have you ever heard the one about the man uh, and the storm and the day he met God? Uh, The story goes like this. The terrible storm came into town. And uh, the local officials sent out a warning calling everyone to evacuate. Uh, And and of course, that's what they did. Uh, All that is except for one man who, who stayed in his home and insisted, It's okay. Don't worry. I know God will save me. Uh, well, the rains came down and the floods came up, and the neighbors came by with room in their car, and they called for the man to come. But the man turned away and said, no, I know God will save me. And the floodwaters rose, and this time the man on his steps and a canoeer came by. And they called him to come, but the man turned away and said, I know God will save me. And the floodwaters rose, and the man now on his porch and a police boat came by. But the man turned away and said, I know God will save me. And the floodwaters rose, the man now on his roof. And a helicopter came, which the man turned away and said, I know God will save me. And the floodwaters rose and the man was washed away. And waking up in heaven, he stood before God and said, God, what happened? Why didn't you save me? You know God's reply? My son, I sent you a car, a canoe, a boat, I even sent you a helicopter. What more did you want? yeah yeah why well, tell that story well partly it's because there's been a bad joke told at the start of every ruth sermon so far and this one we seem to ashamed to miss it out but mostly because that story teaches us a great lesson what's that well i want to say it's that even when we can't see it and even in fact when it's hardest to believe God is at work in His world doing good, and especially His great good to save. God is at work in His world doing good, and especially His great good to save. And of course, as we come to the book of Ruth, that's exactly the same lesson God wants us to learn. Only not in the the make-believe world of some bad joke, but in the real world. In the world in which Ruth and Naomi really lived and in which you and I really live. A world in which those things are so often denied and so easy to doubt even by God's people. As like Naomi in chapter 1, our plans are frustrated and our hopes are dashed. And so much of what we thought would happen Or should happen simply doesn't happen or as we live in a world that that daily insists that every part of that lesson is wrong that daily insists in the media that gets pumped into you every day that your God is in fact not good and that your God isn't really involved in this world, but rather stands at a distance, and indeed belongs at a distance, arms crossed, face stern, holding back what He might have given. Well, then, friends, I want to suggest these are the things we're prone to doubt. That God is at work, doing good, and especially He's good to save. And yet these are the things that it's precisely then when circumstances seen against it, when the voices of the world stand against it, these are the things we need so desperately to believe. You see, I want to say that's what makes the book of Ruth so wonderful. Because on page after page after page in real human history, through the the hardship of chapter 1, through the coincidence of chapter 2, through the people of chapter 3, God shows He is at work in His world. God shows He is at work for good. And in what really is the great climax of the book of Ruth, here in chapter 4, God shows us He is especially at work in His greatest good He has ever done for you in His work to save. Well, Let's have a look at Ruth chapter 4. You remember, as we ended the story last week, the future was hanging in the balance. Uh, Ruth had come to Boaz on the threshing floor. Uh, She had risked her reputation, do you remember? Uh, She had risked her safety... And in that strange kind of don't try this at home, lying at his feet kind of way, she had proposed to him that he proposed to her. She had asked Boaz to to fulfill his own prayer. To be the one that God would use to rescue her. And as we saw last week, that's exactly what he wants to do. But like all good stories, there was a twist, you remember? An obstacle... A problem, an onion in the ointment. And what was that? It was the other man. Cue the sort of deep tone sound. Dun, dun, dun. Another man between Boaz and Ruth. Another man with a prior claim to Ruth. See, as our story ended last week, it seems one thing's clear. Ruth is going to get married. The question was to who? Well, we're about to find out ruth chapter 4 verse 1 let's have a look boaz went to the gate of the town and sat down there now i'll be the first to admit at first that doesn't that doesn't sound very dramatic Uh, you know not not very action man-esque as naomi had just predicted at the end of chapter three see there But see you need to understand that the town gate was the center of city life it was the place of business, of justice, of meeting. Think if you feel like a chamber of commerce meets town hall meets some kind of physical Facebook. And that's where Boaz goes to get the job done. And as he does, who should just happen to come by? And yet another providential coincidence? Why, what do you know? It's the other man. And so, verse 1, see it there. Boaz says, Come over here, my friend, and sit down. So he went over and sat down. And Boaz took ten of the elders and said, sit here. And they did so. And then with witnesses in place, all the formalities taken care of, Boaz turns to the man and he invites him to redeem, that is to buy back at cost to himself, first Naomi's land, and then as a condition of getting that land, also naomi 's daughter in law now I should say at this point uh, this is the point where the commentators just go crazy and if you 're excited by commentators going crazy, this is the moment for you uh, for the most part, what they 're full of is wild praise for Boaz and his genius plan to get the girl the romance and the commentators apparently comes out the way he starts with the land if you have a look there, see it, verse three before he only much later moves to Ruth, down in verse 5. The way he makes it sound, and rightly so, that even if this guy gets the land, he's going to have to take Ruth. And so the land will never really be his. He'll just be holding it and tending it for the sake of the child. He'll have to give Ruth and then raise himself and then give the land too. Just listen to how Boaz says it there in verse 5, when he kindly, finally gets to the point, verse 5. Boaz said, um, you know, on the day you buy the land from Naomi and Ruth, the Moabites, you acquire the dead man's widow in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. And of course the Redeemer gets it. See, there, verse 6. The, the kinsman redeemer replied, Oh, oh, oh then, then I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself. I cannot do it. So, so, what the commentators then say is, Oh, Boaz, you old fox, in a slightly more academic commentator kind of way. Boaz, you genius. You did it. You made everyone's been talking about super admirable Ruth seem really undesirable, and then make her yours. And of course, I guess that is what he did. And I'm sure they're right. But you know, it seems to me, if you get too hung up on all the romance and the, the angling, and the, as though this is the latest episode of The Bachelor or something, it's to totally miss the point. Both of the reason we're told of the man and the reason we're told of the land. You see, what's the point of the land? The point of the land is to show us just how desperate Naomi and Ruth are. Even to the point of selling their land, their inheritance, their birthright, their best chance of livelihood. Friends, this is as desperate as it gets. This is the state of Naomi and Ruth. And and what's the point of the man? The point of the man is to show you just how costly their redemption will be. You see, if you're anything like me, the temptation is when you read this and you hear of the other man, to think of him as some kind of baddie, and to secretly want to boo and hiss at his rejection of Ruth. I mean, after all, by now, we like Ruth, right? But you don't like Ruth, you scoundrel. But it's important to see the passage itself never says that, did you notice? And after all, he was willing to buy the land for Naomi's sake. To buy her from her poverty. It's just that to take on Ruth too, to welcome her and care for her and provide for her at cost to himself, at the risk of his own inheritance. Well, that was asking far too much. Even in the face of their desperate need, this man knew that redemption was just too costly for him to pay. And see, here's the thing. Boaz knew it too. And that's what makes his actions so extraordinary. That's why we're told of this other who won't do it, so we can see that Boaz does do it. So we can see how wonderful, how Godlike Boaz's actions are. See, at great cost to himself, Boaz redeems Ruth out of her alienation, out of her poverty. He makes her a treasured member of both his family and God's household. It's so easy to read this story and think it's just a romantic tale. And Boaz is such a winner. After all, he gets the girl, and who doesn't want the girl? But this comes at a deep cost to Boaz in loving redemption of Ruth. You know, one of my favourite stories growing up, and one of the favourite stories of my kids when they were growing up too, is the story of Dogger. I don't know if you know it. Does anyone know Dogger? A couple of do- hey, a couple. Of- hey, there you go, Dogger. If you don't know it, Dogger is a story of a little boy named Dave they want a a trip to pick up his sister from school, loses his prized possession, his little fluffy dogger. And search as they might, no one can find him. Dogger is lost. Until it is a few days later at a school fair when Dogger shows up in a secondhand store. And little Dave sees him and he wants him, but before he can get to him, another girl buys him she buys dogger that's exactly what the children say she bought dogger and dave explains to the girl that dogger is his but the girl won't budge until that is his family redeemer arrives his big sister bella who at the cost of this huge teddy she's won at the fair trades for dogger she buys back dogger at great cost of herself for her brother dave and as the mums and dads read it they get a little glassy and the kids on the knees say read it again read it again and you see thanks to the kindness of god that's ruth's story back in chapter one ruth declared to naomi where you go i will go where you stay i will stay your people will be my people your god my god and do you see here as god redeems ruth through boaz as he gives ruth the greatest good anyone can give another redemption by god to himself god makes that wish come true now they are her people now he is their God, her God. And see, then there's a scene that began with Boaz, just Boaz, the man, the elders. You'll notice now, verse 9, has all the people. Do you see? Everyone's come together. Everyone loves a wedding. Notice there, verse 9, Boaz announces to the elders all the people, Today you are witnesses, all the people. Today you are witnesses, I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Marlon. And I've also acquired Ruth, the Moabitess, Marlon's widow, as my wife, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property, so that his name will not disappear from among his family or from the town records. Today you are witnesses. And of course the people rejoice and the people pray. And we reading on think, at last, the happy Hollywood ending! The right guy with the right girl, finally they're together. Take your bow, roll the credits, done and dusted, let's move on. But of course, it isn't. There's still another scene. And in fact, importantly, there's more than one. After all, God's kindness and redemption for Ruth has never just been for Ruth, has it? This has been for Ruth, for Naomi. Uh, after all, it, it was uh, it was her that God has been showing His deep, loving kindness to all along. It was her that God redeemed, brought back to Himself through Ruth, through Boaz. And so you see, verse thirteen: Boaz goes to his new wife, and, and thanks to God, do you notice again God's sovereignty? She has a son. And the women of the town, that, that is the same women that Naomi made her own welcome back home speech Dude, you remember the one? Back chapter 1, verse 20. Don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. The All Lord Almighty has made me very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord's brought me back empty. Why do you call me Naomi? Since the Lord's pronounced judgment on me. The All Lord Almighty has afflicted me. Those same women who heard that speech from Naomi now have a speech for her. See it, verse 14. Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. And at this point, they're not speaking of Boaz, do you notice, but the son God has given her. May he become famous. And notice, not just in Bethlehem, as the people prayed for Boaz, but in all Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and is better to you than seven sons which, you know, in a story that's been absorbed with just having one son, is about as big a compliment as you can give. For she has given birth to him. You see, this is really important. A story that began with grief and wants and no food and no children now ends with rejoicing and riches and feasting and a child. A story began that began with the very kindness of god doubted and denied ends with that kindness defended and demonstrated beyond all reasonable doubt but wait there's more in in what i like to imagine is is something like a series of those babushka dolls you know the ones with the doll inside the doll inside the doll inside the The verses go on and show us that God and His kindness is not done yet. How? Well, because, you see, that loving redemption of God that was for Ruth, for Naomi, was also for Israel. After all, as John reminded us in that opening quiz, what were the very first words of the book of Ruth? Does anyone know? Can anyone do it top of their head? Book of Ruth, first words. It's like the ultimate test, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I'll take a muttering as an answer. In the days when the judges ruled. In a time described in the last words of the book of Judges, that is the books of the Bible immediately before the book of Ruth, as a time when Israel had no king and everyone did as he saw fit. A time when mob ruled, a time of darkness. And decay because there was no king that's where the book begins and yet how does it end verse 18 this then is the family line of Perez Perez was the father of Hezron Hezron the father of Ram Ram the father of Minadab and Minadab the father of Nashon Nashon the father of Salmon Salmon the father of Boaz Boaz the father of Obed and Obed the father of Jesse and Jesse the father of David you see the significance do you see what god has done in a time of israel when there was no peace because there was no king when the whole country was crying out for the kindness and the redemption of god through the lives of two struggling widows and one faithful israelite in a small judean town god was at work doing good and especially his great good to save. God was paving the way for the great King David, the great Redeemer of Israel. And better yet, as as Matthew showed us and Chris so well read for us in that first reading, God was paving the way for the great King Jesus, the great Redeemer, our great Redeemer, the one who, in the face of our desperate need, whether we feel that need or not, at great cost to himself, even the cost of his life, did for you what God did for Ruth and Naomi and Israel. He brought you out of your alienation and poverty. He made you a treasured possession in His family and His people. So you see, friends, this is the wonder of this wonderful story. This is your story. This is what God was doing to send His Son to redeem you for His glory. And this is a picture of what God has done for you if you are his this is the great kindness of god the greatest kindness god can ever give and has given to you his redemption of you from far away to near from poverty to riches from on your own to with him and among his people and so friends as we wrap up this final talk in our series from Ruth, I just have two suggestions for application. The first is this No God like this. No God like this. When all the details of life tell you different. When the voice of the world tells you different. When your fears for the future make you wonder if God really is good and only good all the time when your plans are frustrated when your hopes are dashed when everything you thought should happen and would happen doesn't happen when God feels distant and uninterested and uninvolved in this world or your life no God like this especially given what you know of him in Jesus you realize of course that Boaz Naomi and Ruth they never knew David in all likelihood they were gone before David came they certainly didn't know Jesus walking and talking on earth one day they will But they didn't hear how much more do we know how much better reason do we have to know god like this as we trace this story through him to us as we see this great good of his redemption in us friends don't believe the lie don't even believe your doubts instead know god like this know that god is at work in his world doing good and especially his great good to save and second and finally friends i want to say align yourself with this god with everything he says everything he says to be everything he says to do no matter how crazy that sometimes appears no matter how unpopular Even if you are the only person sitting here today, align yourself with this God and with His people. At the school my kids go to at the moment, uh, SRI, you know, school scripture in schools has taken a bit of a battering. It's been moved to lunchtimes. And so naturally, kids don't want to go to learn about scripture at lunchtimes. Our kids are amongst the last kids going. I think there's maybe a dozen kids. Ours are the last. During last week, grades three and four went on school excursion no one in year five goes there's one kid who goes in year six and she said to us it's hard to go when it's just you and year two and down what do you say at that point i don't worry about it just take it off It's heaps easier don't go now what you say i hope is what we said align yourself with this god as hard as it is to leave your friends and go to that place align yourself with this god align yourself with these people friends at the at the lunch counter and at, at the morning tea time at work when god gets ridiculed as the messages come coming again and again through facebook as our media tells us again and again he's not good he's not involved align yourself with this god when your temptations tell you to live different to his way align yourself to this god align yourself with this god say with ruth in chapter 1 verse 16 don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you where you go i will go with where you stay i will stay your people will be my people and your god will be my god you know at the start of the book they must have seen the most ridiculous words for ruth to say and the most ridiculous thing for ruth to do to stick with the widow naomi to stick with the widow's god and yet by the end of the book nothing could have seemed wiser and friends so it will be for us If not in this lifetime, then certainly beyond it. Finally, friends, if you're not right now a follower of the Lord Jesus, we pray it would not be because you think him unkind or unwilling or unable to redeem you to himself. We hope that this book has shown you how incredibly for you he is for the sake of his glory. And if you do follow Jesus and you know of his kindness, you know of his redemption, may the women's prayer be your prayer tonight. Chapter 4, verse 14. Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he become famous in all the world. He will renew your life and sustain you into eternity. Friends, let's pray. heavenly father we thank you for this wonderful book of ruth we thank you for writing it and passing it down to us we thank you for the way you show us yourself thank you for the way you show us in the face of the world that denies and doubts and even in the face of our own doubts that you are at work in this world for good and particularly for the greatest good of salvation our father we pray we would know that salvation and know you as good and joyfully live in light of it. We pray these things for Jesus' sake. Amen.